Hello, welcome to episode one of Isaac Fox Wrestling, where we're going to talk about whatever I could put together for a show. It's what's originally supposed to be a raw review. Uh, let's see, what's today? Uh, well, this should be coming out on Tuesday, which would have been a raw review, uh, a re- review on SmackDown, and a, and a review on the uh, preview that AEW just had, World's End. It's not going to be any of that. Because first of all, I how I normally watch these shows is through Sling TV. Couldn't get it. So we have to give me a couple weeks before I'm able to do those reviews. So in the meantime, what I'm going to do, we're going to be doing a couple deep cuts, I guess. And we're going to be going into Ring of Honor, New Japan, all that. But before I get too deep into everything, this is the first episode. So let's explain who I am. Hello, I'm Isaac Fox. I have been a professional wrestling fan for years. I have been watching wrestling since uh, 1999, which would have made me like nine years old. I've watched through the Attitude Era. I've gone back in history and watched uh, other historical shows. Um, I, I'm a wrestling fan through and through. Many things have changed throughout my life. Many things I've many I've had many interests that have went up and down and sideways. But no matter what is ever going on in my life. I always come back to wrestling. It's a, it's a certain comfort that's there. It's a certain, like, safety and warm feeling. And I'll, more than likely, anyone who's a wrestling fan, we probably all feel that. It, it, it brings you back to a time when you were, you know, a kid. Well, you know, it brings you back to a time when things were simpler, you know. It, regardless of what was going on in the outside world, you just sit down, you turn on some wrestling, and you just get lost, and that's the point. And that's why I want to do this, because I've spent enough time. I like to think I am a professional, professional fan, or I could just, you know, uh, be a mark. But that's fine. I, I think we, we're all marks anyway. You know who's not actually in the ring and wrestling. And to be honest, a lot of people that are wrestling, too, are probably uh, marks as well. Hope you're not offended by that word. <laughs> Maybe you are. I'll probably be using it a lot. Um so, how is this show going to go? Typically, uh, this show is uh, it's run twice a week, right? Every Tuesday and every Friday. So, under normal circumstances, on Tuesdays, we're doing a Raw review. We will be reviewing, uh, if there was a pay-per-view to happen Saturday, we will be talking about that. And we will we'll be talking about SmackDown as well. Because the other show comes out on Friday... And, I'm re- and I typically record that show in the morning. So obviously, if I'm recording in the morning, I can't watch SmackDown, which comes on later on uh, that night. Um, the Friday show, we're typically going to be re- going to be reviewing uh, AEW Dynamite. Um, oh, right. Also, on the Tuesday show, we will be, we'll be talking about um, Collision as well. Now, I didn't really plan on adding extra shows. The At least... At the beginning stages, the point of this podcast was to review the four main shows, right? Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, Collision, maybe some uh, the pay-per-views when they come out, big news events, things like that. But again, due to circumstances, I have to scramble. And what I don't want to do is wait another two weeks because two weeks become a month. A month becomes six months. The next thing you know, it's the year 2026. And I'm telling everybody how I'm ready to start this new podcast journey again. Not something I want to do. So instead, we are here. It is 
the 31st of December. By the time you hear this, it'll be January 2nd. Uh, so let's, let me run through the schedule of what you're going to hear, at least for the first two weeks. Today, we are doing an, a Ring of Honor review. I just watched Ring of Honor earlier in the day. I'm going to give our thoughts on that. Uh, I did see some highlights of World in of uh, World's End, the pay-per-view that AEW just did this past Saturday. Uh, I will give a couple of thoughts on that. On uh, January 5th, we're going to be doing a review of NXT. And I am going to be doing a review of Wrestle Kingdom 18. Now, I originally had no intentions on doing any uh, podcast involving New Japan Pro Wrestling. First of all, if you've ever made an attempt to really watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, it is it is insane. You almost have to have no life and nothing else going on uh, in your life because the way they structure their shows, they'll have the one show and then they'll have like, I don't know, six or seven shows next to it. So you'll have like a show every single day uh, just just to, because uh, I guess if it's just, I guess how they're, how it's structured over there in Japan, they have all the house shows that are actually televised. So what, what you're seeing is televised house shows and then like whatever the main card is. But it's it's a lot of wrestling to try to get through, let alone if you're trying to get through that and trying to watch any American wrestling. But I need content, I need material, and why not speak about one of the biggest shows in Japan that would have happened just the day before. So we will be reviewing Wrestle Kingdom 18. That's going to be interesting because I have watched zero New Japan Pro Wrestling this past year. The last time I watched any uh, wrestling in Japan was Wrestle Kingdom 17. <laughs> so this is going to be weird. I'm coming in completely fresh, completely cold. No idea what any other storylines are going to be. I am going to have to grab my New Japan Pro subscription shortly. I'll have that before the 4th yeah, in a couple days. Um, but yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about on the 5th, which is a Saturday. Uh, I'm sorry. I actually meant to update these dates. Not the 5th. We're going to be talking about that on... Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm right. The 5th. Excuse me if you hear my, uh, heat in the background. Uh, it's freezing outside. I live in Chicago. It's about 30 degrees outside and it's snowing, so... And my heat is very loud, so it's going to come on from time to time, so hopefully you can hear me. On January 9th, we will be doing a review of Ring of Honor, and we will be doing a review of SmackDown, because I don't need Sling TV to watch SmackDown. SmackDown comes on regular TV, it comes on Fox, so that shouldn't be an issue there. And then on January 12th, we'll be doing an NXT review. After that, we should be able to get to a regularly scheduled program. And going forward, I don't really plan on doing Ring of Honor reviews and NXT reviews, but, I mean, who knows? If I'm going to do them now, I might just say F it and just put it all together and just do it. But we'll see. Feel free to let me know. You know, uh, share the podcast, do all the things you do, e email me, do whatever you got to do. Do all those things to let me know if that's something that you uh, actually want. So, before we get any deeper, let's talk about some uh, news items here. Uh, this is coming straight from uh, PostWrestling.com and PW Insider. Uh, Kevin Dunn is set to actually leave the WWE. 
If you don't know who Kevin Dunn is, I I assume you live under a rock. He's only been the executive producer of WWE for the past 30 plus years. I believe he started in, I think my notes, it is 1984, I want to say. So he's been, he's been there forever. Pretty much longer than a lot of us have been alive. He has been what we see when we turn on Raw Smackdown. If you're old school, Velocity, Sunday Night Heat. If you're really, really older school, Metal and Jacked. If you're before my time, maybe Shotgun Saturday Night. And, well, I can't go and go further back. I'm sure there were shows further back, but that's well before my time. But he has decided to leave. And apparently he has not been released. Uh, not that, well, he has not been, he's not being let go. He is basically deciding to retire. Uh, it seems like the word is that he's retiring because of differences with the way the company is structured now. Because if you, I mean, again, if you don't know, living under a rock, but if you don't know, um, WWE and UFC, they combine to create one company uh, under Endeavor. Uh, well, they combine to create a company called Endeavor. So now, essentially, Endeavor is what owns the WWE. They, they own a majority share of the WWE. Vince McMahon is no longer 100% in charge. He still is running somewhat of the day-to-day operations, but the real point, man, when it comes to WWE is uh, Triple H. Much like with the UFC, the point man there is Dana White. Um, and there was a meeting, <clears throat> there was a meeting uh, I, th- I think it was a handful of weeks ago, with uh, the people in Endeavor, and they were trying to figure out ways to reduce costs. And one of the ways that they were speaking about it was they need to uh, reduce some of their production costs. So, again, we have Kevin Dunn leaving. He's saying he's doing it on his own. I have no reason to to disbelieve him. But at the same time, it comes around the same time that the people who uh, have combined the company decided to say that uh, they want to kind of reduce their production budget and kind of reduce a few of the people that are there. Because apparently, uh, they have a lot of people doing kind of redundant roles there, and they want to tailor that down. Um, in other news, in much sadder news, uh, we won't, I want to speak about someone who passed away, a wrestler by the name of Killer Khan. He passed away at the age of 76 years old uh, a couple of days ago on December 29th. His real name is Masahashi Ozo- Azawa. He passed away after collapsing in his bar in Tokyo. Uh, what I'm going to read you now is actually a bio that is on the New Japan Pro Wrestling website, just so you can get an understanding of his life if you are unfamiliar with them. Former wrestler Masahashi Ozawa, better known to wrestling fans as Killer Khan, passed away on December 29th after collapsing at his bar in Tokyo. He was 76 years old. After training in the sumo in the fame, after training in sumo in the fame Kasukano stable, Ozawa joined the JWA in January 1971 standing at an imposing 195 centimeters, or six foot six. Hopes were high for him as a, a prospect when he joined New Japan Pro Wrestling in 1973. In 1978, on excursion to Mexico, he transformed himself into a Mongolian-inspired persona that sparked a hugely successful campaign in America in 1979 as Killer Khan. 
Khan transitioned into the WWF in 1980, and after a famous knee drop that put Andre the Giant out on, on the injury list, uh, with, the, with the injury to his right leg, instantly found himself as the top heel in the organization, with big matches against Hulk Hogan and Zoom. On his return to New Japan Pro Wrestling, he was in top flight as he had been overseas with an influence felt today, particularly in the Mongolian chops used in the years come by Hirohoshi Tenzan, Gretel Khan, and others. In April 1982, the fifth Madison Square Garden series saw Antonio Inoki forced to withdraw a right knee injury. Inoki nominated Khan to take his place in a final with Andre, and the results was a thrilling match that saw Khan advance in status, even in defeat. In 1983, Khan joined Ricky Choshu in Choshu Influential Insignia Faction. From there, he was followed uh, Choshu to, to Japan Pro Wrestling in 1985, wrestling in the All Japan Ring as a result, as well as back in the WWF. Khan retired from pro wrestling in November 1987 in New Jersey before running numerous bars and restaurants in Tokyo. In New Japan Pro Wrestling sends its deepest regards and sympathies to Killer Khan, his family, and friends. And of course, we do the same thing here as well. And again, I read that. That comes from the New Japan Pro Wrestling website. That was just a quick bio for those who are unfamiliar with who Killer Khan is. An important note here. One thing I, uh, that was mentioned in the bio is where it said uh, the knee, in, the ankle injury. So in storyline, in kayfabe, the, uh, what was said to have happened is that when Killer Khan hit a knee drop on Andre the Giant in their match, it broke his ankle. Unfortunately, what happened in real life is that Andre the Giant, apparently he just got out, he got out of bed. And when he got out of bed, I guess he tried to walk, go to the bathroom, whatever he was trying to do. He unfortunately broke his ankle. Now, of course, this is Andre the Giant. This is the legendary Andre the Giant. So that doesn't really work too well for storyline purposes. So, of course, they decided to work that angle and say that's why he was injured, which is fine. And the two of them kind of swore out to secrecy. I mean, I'm not revealing anything that no one already knows, obviously, but the two of them kind of swore out to secrecy. And, and even as you can see in the bio that New Japan Pro Wrestling wrote themselves, they are still working on keeping up kayfabe there. But that is what happened there. That was a hemp that, that was a few days ago on the 29th. Just wanted to bring that there. So, uh, like I said before, I was unable to actually watch the pay-per-view that happened this Saturday, World's End. Um, but I do know what happened. I know who won the matches. I feel the right people won the correct matches. Uh, the one thing, the one match I want to bring up is the Continental Classic uh, Finals, which saw Eddie Kingston defeat John Moxley for the championship. I had a few mixed emotions when I heard about this happening because, first off, I I wanted Swerve Strickland to be in the spot that John Moxley was in. I'm not, I don't know what has changed with John Moxley since, I mean, I'm probably going back years now from like 
when he made the jump to from WWE to AEW, he was you know red hot. You know he was in Japan. He was a Death Rider. He came to AEW. He's he's coming out to um, Wild Thing, coming into crowd, whole nine yards. But it seems now all of his matches are just, I mean, glorified death matches. And I mean, the people who like that that sort of thing like that sort of thing. But it also seems like, uh, well, let me be careful. I don't want to start using words like buried or he's stopping other people from from uh, uh, getting ahead here. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like he's being pushed a tad too much. Right, I feel like there are hotter guys right now who should be winning. That being said, I'm I'm kind of glad that Swerve Strickland didn't win because since Swerve Strickland lost the triple threat match, if you don't know, on Wednesday there was the triple threat between Swerve Strickland, uh, Switchblade Jay White, and John Moxley. The winner is the is who advanced to the finals that we have here. And of course, Jay White was just in there to, to be the fall guy. I thought he was going to be the fall guy so uh, um, Swerve could win, but I guess not. But it's okay because instead we get Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley, and then we have John, then we have Eddie Kingston winning the championship. Which I mean, I thought of a video, I thought a clip. This is like a dream come true for Eddie Kingston because he he is someone who is a huge fan of Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, which is where the whole idea of the Triple Crown Championship even comes from. It's a it's an all-Japan pro wrestling thing. I don't have the information in front of me here, but it's more of an all-Japan pro wrestling thing where essentially you have three of the top companies, three of the top championships, champions come together and create one major championship. And then that one champion, you know, they they travel from from, from show to show. It really helps boost every uh, body that's involved. While I enjoy the matches, and I am glad that Eddie Kingston won because you know I like Eddie Kingston. He's a he's a real relatable guy. I can I don't know how whatever I can see a lot of myself in him sometimes. He's a real I guess down to earth. He's a real you wouldn't expect that type of guy to be in that type of a position individual right the idea of the continental classic was is great in a sense that it it gives you it gave us some really good matches however it's slightly off from the all japan concept like again the point of the all japan concept was these were three established world titles from three separate companies and the champions were huge in this instance, we have the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship, which, I mean, I like Ring of Honor as much as the next guy, but for its history, it's been like the fourth or fifth or sixth best wrestling show that is currently out, right? Like, it's, it's always been the underdog, underground type of show. Um, and then we have New Japan Strong, which, I mean, it's... <laughs> If that's like the sixth title within the New Japan brand. Like if you follow New Japan, obviously the champion is, you know, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. I don't even know who the champion is. Again, I told you I've not watched New Japan in a year. I'm going into that review this Friday, freezing ice cold. Like a lot of these uh somewhat these uh somewhat hot tags that they were trying to give in these matches. 
I digress. Um, it lose my train of thought here. It's a good idea in concept because it does bring up some really good matches. It created. I I will say this. It helped reset AEW because AEW it was starting to falter a little bit. It was becoming the show where you just watch the dudes do the gymnastic spots and you pray to God that they don't hurt themselves. You know, <laughs> like and and you know. I, I don't really want to watch my wrestling show and being like, man, I hope he really shouldn't jump off that ladder. He really should. Uh, I, I, I hope he's safe. Did they practice this in the back? I don't want to be thinking that. But that's what it is because it's, it's less controlled than when it comes to WWE. Not that they're necessarily running through and scripting every move for move, but they're just simply more professional. I don't want anyone who's a hardcore fan of AW to come at me or anything here. It's just... I mean, it's just, it just is what it is, I mean, right? But, again, these sets of matches help reset, and I hope, and I hope this is a new direction that AEW is going to go in so, with having a show that just has solid matches, uh, no unnecessary stupidity, no random unnecessary run-ins, unless they lead to some type of storyline in the future. You know, I... Before they even did this, before they even started this whole tournament, how many times could you sit down and watch a dynamite or a collision? And then what do you see? Every other, every other match or every match is someone running in, someone getting I don't know tossed out the ring, hit hit with a chair, someone being attacked in the back. Man, where's security at? Like the back of the locker room has to be the most dangerous place to be in in professional wrestling. You're probably safer in the ring. Not the parking lot. You might get thrown through a glass window. It's just like it's. It became a lot, and then at the same time, I, I'm sort of okay with that if it leads somewhere. A lot of times it didn't lead anywhere. The only outside story that they had, besides the Continental Classic, was of course this: who was the devil, right? You know, we have these masked men for the past handful of months um, attacking. Uh, MJF attacking Hangman Adam Page, attacking, quote fingers, Samoa Joe. Of course, this past week on Dynamite, we learned that Samoa Joe was actually working with the the man in, a, in the devil mask. So we had that, which is how they lost the, uh, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships to whoever, to whichever math man actually won the title, because we do get this spoiler alert. Not really. If you listen to the show, you've probably already watched uh, World's End, which if you haven't, I'm about to give you, oh shit, I guess I already gave you the finish of one of the matches, but I mean, whatever. Uh, they did finally reveal who the devil was. Apparently the devil was Adam Cole. And I believe the math men, I'm doing this off memory. I didn't write this down. The Masked Men was uh, Roderick Strong, Michael Bennett. Uh, ah, can't remember. So I forget what half the stuff is. But so they did that. And Adam Adam Cole seems like a predictable choice. I can see that. I mean, I understand they were doing the whole buddy-buddy we're friends or we're frenemies, so we'll win a tag team championship. 
and then it all be cool. So I guess which not think about some. So are we saying that Adam Cole was never hurt? We're saying it was all just a ruse this whole time. I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's possible. This is professional wrestling. That's what they would do. But it sounds like we're saying it was all a ruse and just all a joke. Like he was never actually injured, right? Or or at least he wasn't as injured as he was uh, leading on to be. Which I guess we'll see. So now I guess we're going to go from from buddy buddy to a blood feud, which is great because now the titles off MJF. Samoa Joe is not a champion, right? And so now we don't have to focus on MJF winning or losing because we don't want him to lose the championship. Now we just got to focus on what are they, what are they going to do to each other? You know, if anyone watched that Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Adam Page match, they have no issue going far when it comes to wrestling. I mean, I believe that's the match where you had Hangman literally drinking the blood of of Swerve Strickland. This is a wrestling show I'm describing, not a horror movie. But he's literally sitting laying there, drinking the blood of another man. Look, I don't care how many clinics you go to, I don't care how many tests, blood tests you decide to run, it ain't enough money that you can pay me to be like, okay, look, bro, so 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 what are we gonna do? I'm gonna cut you, right? And then I'm gonna lay under you. And I'm going to let the blood drip in my mouth, and it's going to be great. The crowd's going to love it. Ain't enough money in the world, man. Well, maybe. Maybe it is. Who knows? <laughs> As uh, Ted DiBiase said, everybody has the price. Um, so that's that. Congratulations to Eddie Kingston. Uh, I look forward to seeing him being in New Japan. I look forward to him actually geek. Getting back to wrestling in Ring of Honor as well. I mean, I've been enjoying Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has always been good with just, just simple, great matches, right? But it's been kind of empty because the world's heavyweight champion is not on there. Now, Athena has been doing a great job holding down the mantle as she is the women's world heavyweight champion. But, I mean, without the world champion, it's been kind of void. So, we'll see. What we do now, and now with him being the uh, Triple Crown champion, he has elevated his presence on the show. So we'll see. And this is a far cry from where he was just a couple years ago. A couple years ago, it looked like he, looked like he was going to quit the company. He looked like, I mean, a loser, you know, and he would even be mad at me, at me saying that. I mean, hell, he said it himself in a promo that he hates himself more than anyone else hates him, right? So I, that just seems to be his son's sentiment anyway. But he did an entire 360, right? And now he's had this huge emotional moment. You know, people can't connect to it. And now he's champion, right? Now he's he hold, he's, a, he's a triple champion. He holds three championships. He's essentially the Ring of Honor world champion, the New Japan Openweight strong champion, and the Continental Classic champion. So we'll see. Now, what I am curious about is... How are they going to book this championship for the next year? Because apparently the Continental Classic is going to be a, a yearly thing, kind of like the G1 in uh, New Japan. So how are they going to book that? What is, how is that going to work? If Kingston going to stay the champion for a year? I don't think he needs to. 
with the Kings and Golden State champion for a year, and then he goes back into the tournament and, and potentially wins it again, you know, and, and just retains. Uh, I guess they can't split up the championships because all three titles make one championship, so I guess they're always combined. How does that even work, you know? But I guess we will see. Um, it's another championship, and I feel like I want to complain about there being so many championships within AEW, but for some reason this one seems it seems like it matters more, you know. Uh, granted, it seems like everyone everyone does have have a belt, but it seems like this one means a little bit more. Maybe it's because of the tournament. Maybe it's because of the actual emotion that Eddie Kingston showed in his face when he won. I don't know, but it seems what waiting for him to defend his championship would would give me reasons to buy a pay per view, right? It'll give me reasons to 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 tune in on Wednesday or Saturday. So, uh, good job, AW. Let's see how we continue this. So. Let's move on to the Ring of Honor review. Ring of Honor. This, uh, you know, one thing I'm noticing about Ring of Honor, I don't know if they have a set time limit. I mean, I understand that Ring of Honor is on um, Honor TV, so it's on a subscription service. It's not necessarily on cable. It's on its own thing. But these times are getting out of hand. I watched the show today expecting to sit down to a two-hour show. The show is an hour. I watched the show another time. It was two hours. Another time it was an hour and 45 minutes. It's an hour and 30. I mean, <laughs> I understand that you're on essentially a network and you can do, well, whatever the hell you want to do, but get some consistency, man, because otherwise it's just a free-for-all. But in any event, the matches that we have here, the first match was Nyla Rose versus Alejandro Lyon. Uh, this was just a squash match. I mean, come on now. It's Nyla Rose, the native beast. They're out there trying to get her over. So she faced essentially local talent in Alejandro Lyon. Uh, Lyon did get, a, did get a little bit of offense in, but, I mean, it was a simple one, two, three. Uh, Nyla Rose hits the beast bomb, pins her real quick. Apparently, Nyla Rose is also undefeated in a Ring of Honor, which is good. Which, um, what I didn't know is, I believe it was later on in the night with one of these matches, uh, Ian Riccoboni mentioned that apparently when you win three matches in a row, you get to either choose a, the championship that you want to go for or you get to, uh, I, I, I guess, choose if you want to be a contender for whatever title, which is an interesting rule. More companies should have that type of rule because, I mean, with the way professional wrestling runs, wins and losses don't really matter because, you know, you can write it for a guy to lose for like a year and then he and then him losing kind of turns him to like I don't know some psycho and then he turns all around and then because the 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 man in the bag wronged me I'm gonna whatever then it becomes some story where he triumphs and uh makes a huge comeback but this is supposed to be a sport right supposed to be simulated combat right it's it's MMA light, like that, like that's the point. So wins and losses should matter. So if someone goes out there and they continue to win and win and win, that should mean something. So the fact that they have a system in place where it's like, if you win X amount of times, 
you get you being uh, the conversation for a championship. I like that. It seems a lot more uh, legitimate. Um, our next match was pretty Peter Avalon versus Zack Knight. I didn't know who Zack Knight was. I feel like a fool because I should have knew that when I saw the last name Knight because Zack Knight is Paige's or Soraya's brother. I believe it's her older brother. I probably should have fact checked that before I said that on air, but whatever. I believe it is her older brother. I'll get that cleared up the next time you hear me. Um, great match. Simple. I mean, again, once again, you see um, Avalon out there, small guy, experienced. You know, he's been wrestling for years. He's clearly a veteran. And, of course, he, he had, you know, one job, which is to get Zack Knight over, which is what he did. Went out there and made it look like a million bucks. We start to match off with, with uh, Zack Knight. Instantly hits Avalon with a spear. Just knocks him, just just knocks him out damn near, right? Um, we get some good catches, catch can roughing from both men because, you know, Zach Knight, of course, is British, obviously. So it's the British catch can style where, you know, with, with the reversals, the the counters, the flips. It's just it's a whole, uh, the the real technical aspect of British wrestling, of British wrestling. I will say one thing. While this was supposed to be a squash match, I feel like Avalon got a, a little bit too much offense in for me. Um, I know maybe they don't do the traditional squash match anymore where the guy comes in and it's like local talent number two. He's like, yeah, I'm here to win. And then Buddy just like rails him and just like just, just like destroys him in like five seconds. And I guess there's a time and a place for that. I feel like we did have, we had a lot of squash matches on this show, which is, which is crazy for a show that was just an hour. Make me wonder if they if they even had a plan for this Ring of Honor. Like, half half of these matches were, were just squash matches, just, just some established guy railing over some nobody, which is fine. You got to give your top stars a win, but, I mean, but in any event, uh, Zack Knight wins. Zack Knight hits him with a running forearm. Looks like it knocks him out dead. One, two, three. There we go. Oh, this is also Zack Knight's debut. So it looks like it, it. It it also looks like what Tony Khan is going to be doing here. That Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor is giving me uh, NXT vibes, right? So it's 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 reminding me of developmental, basically, which is great because um, with them with Tony Khan having Ring of Honor, and I feel like Ring of Honor should stay on the network. There should be less people that see Ring of Honor. Why? Because then you can take your your wrestlers who aren't ready, who, you know, they're, you know, they're green. They're just not that good enough yet because they haven't had enough reps, haven't had enough experience. You take them, you put them in the ring of honor, right? Let them get their experience there. Let them get their character off there. Let them really establish who they are going to be with less eyes watching them. One of the issues was they would, you know, before they would uh, have people either come on Rampage uh or or even dynamite and these are brand new people. Now Rampage, sure, Rampage is kind of like a syndicated show because it's just an hour, but it's still on national television. It's on, I believe that that one is on TBS or TNT. I forget which one. But it, I mean it's still a national program. Granted, I mean no one seems to really watch Rampage. Last time I heard the ratings, I think it was somewhere in like two hundred thousand or something like that. One hundred thousand people watching it. Like I 
a show I probably will not be reviewing, Rampage. It was hot when they first introduced it, but I mean, at, they, at this point, Rampage is on um, velocity, right? Rampage is a uh, is, uh, WWE main event. <laughs> Waste of time. Waste of cable space. Ad revenue for Tony Khan, I guess, at this point. You know, just filler, right? But I like Zack Knight. He seems, he seems like he has a lot of potential, right? I like the fire. He, he as I'm sitting here talking about him, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Karrion Cross. Maybe it's the British thing. Maybe it's just the way he kind of carries himself in the ring. But he he gives off like a Karrion Cross type of vibe. Maybe the tattoos. I don't know. But I like the aggressiveness in that. I like I like I like that. Which is going to bring me to another match that. Yeah, I got to talk about this match in a second. Uh, so after this match, we had uh, the Ring of Honor TV title. Right. The women are going to have the uh, a Ring of Honor Women's Television Championship, um, which is fine, right? I'm all for the women getting more opportunities and having more chances to actually be shown and be wrestled, which, by the way, Ring of Honor just does a much better job of that than uh, AEW. Like, Again, this was a this was a one hour show, and they had three three women's matches and four men's matches. You watch an episode of Dynamite, you you might get one women's match for like five minutes. It's like the old school matches in in WWE, where you'll have like one women's match for like I don't know a minute and thirty seconds, counting entrances, and then you'll have a whole bunch of other matches that are equally as trash, honestly. But you know, uh, so they do a much better job of balancing it out here although there is kind of a what's the word it's logistical the word there's a yeah whatever i guess that's right there's a a logistical issue of this because ring of honor is not on tv right ring of honor is not on cable so tony Khan doesn't have to worry about ratings so traditionally if you put a woman's match let's say on in on aw and uh you can track and see which segment had the lowest ratings? Well, you don't get any of that when you're dealing with a streaming service. It's just how many views you got on the streaming service. You can't tell when someone like dipped out of the segment. I mean, I guess you technically could, but those numbers would be private to Tony Khan. Like he's not going to share how long someone. He's not going to share like um, the retention that uh, that the uh, video had and like when people dropped out. Like, and if he did share it. He'd probably lie, as any smart promoter would do. You'd be foolish to say, yeah, when, when we put both women out there, the uh, the the uh, show dragged down. Now, that's not how I said, why would you do that? That, that, that? That'd be ignorant. And I don't believe that happens anyway. Because, I don't know, the women on Ring of Honor seem to be much better, which is hilarious because AEW is supposed to be the big show, the national show, and their women's division is dying to death. I don't. I don't understand how one person, how one man can own the same companies, but it's better on one side, but not that good on the other side. Like it's, I don't know. I will say one thing. As I was watching Ring of Honor, I do think they are, while the women's division is much stronger on Ring of Honor and the women, the the talent there are much better, I think they're, um, I can see what they're doing. They're pushing a little bit too hard to create a tag team division. 
yes, the division is stronger there, but they need to make sure that they actually build a strong division, build actual teams. Because that is where the WWE went wrong. They created the tag, they they created the women's tag team division. But if I challenge anyone within the sound of my voice to name five women tag teams, you couldn't. <laughs> like, like, like that's the problem. And that's that's no fault of them. That's the booking. That's creative. That's a, that's a, a lack of planning. Like you, you want to do these grandiose things, but you don't actually sit down and and, and think about how it actually work or, or what you should actually do or, you know, like a direction. Cause again, this is pro wrestling. This is predetermined. We have, you should know where you're going to go kind of before you start, or at least a general direction, not we're going to do this thing. It's going to be great for whatever, but then you don't really have a plan. You know, this is why I don't even know. I don't even know who are the tag team champions in WWE. I think the belts just change hands for the women. I know the men's tag team was Judgment Day, but for the women, I, I don't know, and that's again, that's that's a problem. <laughs> Poor booking. Also backstage, we get Ember Moon, and simple video. We get Ember Moon with her minions. We got Billy Starks. She's back there, cutting a quick promo, just saying how she's ready to win the title and she's going to come for the Ring of Honor Women's Television Championship. The next match, we have the Iron Savages and Jack Jameson versus the Bounty Hunter, Brian Keith and the Von Erics, Marshall and Ross, which is Kevin's, right? Yes, which is Kevin's son. I need to double check. Let me show my thinking the wrong, brother. Which is Kevin's son, right? So... I didn't know who Brian Keith was at all until I saw Final Battle. I was like, who is this guy coming out with this Western type of gear coming on? He, he's coming out to, uh, oh, why am I blanking on the song? It's a, he's coming out to, was it Riding Dirty? I can't believe I'm blanking on the song. I, I don't think that was, no, right, whipping up. Yeah, anyway. He's coming up to, to, to a mainstream song. He's he's getting the crowd up. I'm like, man, who is this guy? And he goes out there going crazy because I think the first match he had was when he had the match with uh, Jack Cartwheel, which Jack Cartwheel is is different. Like, comes out there flipping all over the place, doing gymnastics, which I believe he actually was a gymnast once upon a time. Hence the stuff he can do. But yeah, Brian Keith, I, he, that's somebody to look out for. He's He's definitely growing with me. Then, of course, you have the Von Erics, <clears throat> Marshall and Ross. They're great. They are getting better and better each time I see the wrestle. They should not have been in a ring with the Iron Savages and a Jack Jameson. Um, it's just such a clash of style because you got the Iron Savages who are this parody of an 1985's old school wrestlers who are, you know, out there, you know, with the roided out muscles and we're here to take your whatever. Like, they're extremely over over the top. They come out there with a protein shake, you know, shaking and drinking it, you know, whatever. It's, they're doing a lot. Yeah, I'm talking a lot. Throwing my voice out here. They're doing a lot, right? 
And there was a spot at the beginning of the match, right, where it was, I believe it was Ross. It was Ross Von Eric. He was, you know, trying to land some offense on one of the uh, Iron Savages. And he just no-sold everything. Now, again, I get it. That was the spot of the match because one of them, the Iron Savages guy, I forget which one it was, but one of them, they drunk some of the Savage Sauce, which, whatever. He drank some of the Savage Sauce, which then, since he drunk it, now I guess he's impervious to pain for a little bit, which, look, I understand I'm watching wrestling. <laughs> I, I understand what I'm looking at, but sometimes there's a place for silly and there's a place for seriousness. The Von Erics, first of all, it's the Von Erics. They're, them having that last name alone makes them superstars. I mean, I mean, this is the this this is the time to obviously push the Von Erics, especially since the movie The Iron Claw just came out uh, last week. I think it was. So this is the time to push them. I don't know if I would have put them against the Iron Savages because you you can't really see what type of match they can have. You can't really see how good they can be. I mean, I'm glad that they won, right? You you can still see, I guess, how athletic they were, but I. I don't need to see this match again. If I see this match one more time, it's uh, it's been too many times. So, but at least they won. Let me run through a few things here. Uh, you know, like I said, it seems like 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 such a styles clash. Uh, oh, there was one spot where Marshall Varner he hit a huge power slam on Boulder, right? You know, and the power slam was a la essentially Hulk Hogan power slam and Andre the Giant, like. It was crazy, right? Just because they don't look they don't look that big. I mean, they're clearly like, I guess, strong enough, like compact, but they don't they're not like these huge towering hulking guys and that and he just slammed them down like like it was nothing. Uh right, one thing I didn't like was Brian Keith was barely in his match. I think he, he started the match with the headlock on somebody, tagged out, and never got back in the ring. Look, Brian Keith, like I said, he impressed me during final battle. Uh, I did not watch the match. I believe he had a match with Orange Cassidy for the International Championship. Obviously, he didn't win it because he, he's not champion. But... He doesn't need to be in these matches. He needs to be on his own as a single, uh, elevating his craft. Devon Eriks needs to be together working on being a strong tag team and then eventually branching off to being single stars. I can't tell, of course, who will be a breakout star. They just started to, to, to team up. That is years down the line before we start worrying about who's going to become world champion and all that. I will say this. They need to stay in Ring of Honor for years. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not a knock. Obviously, if you're working in Ring of Honor, you're also working in AEW, so it's fine. But they need to stay in Ring of Honor for as long as possible. They can get all the experience that they need to get. Because it's going to be hard to get that on TV. Our next match was a second here. 
shuffling my notes here. I'm probably just destroying your ears. Our next, ma our next match was Lady Frost versus Kiara Hogan, Trisha Dorr versus the Renegades and Taya Valkyrie. Uh, the, the Renegades and Taya Valkyrie win this match. Um, I mean, it was a match. It's fine. It was a decent match. I'm not, I, I, have, I have nothing real negative or really real positive to say, but it was doing this match. I actually wrote a note here. I said, I would not mind. I, w I would not be mad with the women tag team title division, but I also wrote it needs to keep growing because I'm seeing once again, they're having promos in the back. Like later on, there was a promo in the back between, uh, Ah, damn, I didn't write it down. There was a promo in the back between, I believe it was, man, I'm drawing an entire blank, Mercedes Martinez. And, right, but, but between Mercedes Martinez, uh, Rachel Ellering, and, and Layla Hirsch. The promo with them in the back, and they're going to have a match next week, a tag team match. So I see they're trying to establish teams, but Tony, 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 <laughs> do not create a Ring of Honor women's tag team division yet. Or don't create a championship for it yet. If you're going to do that, that's fine. Do it down the line. Introduce that at Final Battle next year. You need at least a full year to really beef up and build up this division. When you create the championship, a tag team championship for the women, it needs to be created because the fans are like, we want to see someone with those belts. Don't just make it for the sake of making it. I'm talking to dead air because obviously he's probably not, he's never going to hear this. But if by some miracle this is heard, right, don't do it yet. Wait until you have a strong enough division. Wait until you have some established teams. Wait until the crowd is hot and ready. I question even having the Ring of Honor Women's TV Championship yet because I'm I, how deep is the division, right? I mean, I like Billy Stark. She was fine to face Athena for the world title, but that's your number one contender for Athena, the, a person who's like the one, like the longest reigning women's champion currently. I think she's held the title for like a year. Main evented two pay per views. I just, and Billy Starks is your number one contender, who's next? And now you're going to stretch the division even thinner by having the other championship, which, hey, man, I'm wrong. What do I know? I'm just a dude in his living room talking to a microphone. I know nothing, right? But maybe I'm not wrong, and you need to figure that out. So, again, this match. Once again, the Renegades versus Ty Valkyrie. Ty, the Renegades and Ty Valkyrie. When Ty Valkyrie wins by hitting a stump to the back of Trisha Dora's head, it's the deal where the person's like on their face and you grab the you grab their arms and you like stump down on their neck and then just looks like you killed the person basically, but then that is a wrap. Um speaking of Trisha Dora, you know, I would love to actually see her see her in the ring and I don't know when. Like, what's the deal? Her and the rest of the infantry, her and Captain Sean Dean and Sorry, I'm blanking on the third guy. But they just lose. And it's like, I don't get it, man. These are clearly talented individuals. But it's just, just loss after loss after loss. Like, like, are they too new? 
Are they too green? Do they not have enough experience yet? Which seems like nonsense because the Renegades seem way greener, way newer. It's, I don't want to say they're uh, a Bella Twins ripoff or anything, but <sighs> yeah. It's, I just want to see Trisha Dora actually in some matches and actually winning. And I just, you know, that's too much to ask. Let's see, I already talked about the backstage interview with Layla Hirsch. You know, again, it looks like they're, they're, they're trying to uh, beef up or create a tag team division for the women, which is fine as long as you put enough steam behind it. Don't, fall, don't make the mistake that WWE did. Our next match is Tony Nese versus Joey uh, Hayter. This is another uh, squash match. Nice just, I mean, this is a this is a this is a nothing match. Nice just destroys Hater. Uh, aggressive. Uh, nice hits Hater with a pump handle pile driver for the one two three. Simple. We have Mark Sterling out there cutting a promo for Nice, saying how you know he's he's going to stop helping the fans work out. He's going to stop trying to make sure all the fans aren't fat. He's going <laughs> to he, he's no longer going to worry about that. Now his concern is winning and showing why Tony Nese is the premier athlete and essentially why he's the best, you know, wrestling wrestler currently. Uh, so he absolutely just des- uh, destroys Joey Hader. No shock there. We get our next match, which is Verda Vixen, who seems to have a video game type of character because she says she's player one. You know, no one ever wants to be uh, player two, uh, the um, blue controller. Everyone wants to be the red controller. She's uh, uh, so it's on uh, Vixen versus Billy Starks. Uh, Billy Starks wins. Starks, uh, it's a pretty solid match here. Billy Starks win by hitting a Swan Tom bomb uh, on a Verna Vixen. So one thing I'm gonna say because again, this I don't understand why this show is only one hour. These are there were seven matches on this show. Seven matches on a show that lasted one hour. What is that? So when you do that, <laughs> the matches are going to be short. Again, I think Billy Starks has some potential. Should she have been faith? Should she have been wrestling for a world title just yet? Maybe. To be fair, I didn't watch. I have been watching all of Ring of Honor. So maybe there was some super compelling storyline that made sense for it. I mean, I do know she was dealing with the Minions. Situation, and she was, you know, trying to break out from uh, Ember, from Ember Moon. She was trying to break out from Athena, so I kind of get that. But oh, right. And then after the match, Starks attacks Rhoda Vixen from behind and like kind of lays her out. So I guess that's part for the course. Says Ember Moon is a heel, and Billy Stark is supposed to be a uh, a minion. <laughs> I said Ember Moon. Since Athena, sorry, I, I can't get her old name out of my head, I guess. Since Athena is supposed to be a, I'm a heel, and Billy Starks is a minion, I guess it makes sense. Uh, after that, our next match is Kyle Fletcher. No, I'm sorry, no, it's a Kyle Fletcher interview, rather. Uh, basic promo, Fletcher, cutting promo, talking about basically how he, you know, he wants to, to be the best television champion. And he's offering up an open challenge. So what? So what do we get? We get next week. My man Brian Keith. I'm sorry. I said Brian Keith. Maybe that's that's what I want. 
I, I wanted it to be Brian Keith, and we can have Brian Keith in the singles match. But instead, it's Willie Mack. He comes up and asks the uh, open challenge. So next week, we get Willie Mack versus Kyle Fletcher for the Ring of Honor Television Championship. Uh, I don't know much about Fletcher. Again, I have not been watching a lot of Ring of Honor. I'm going to be watching more of it now, obviously. But uh, Fletcher either needs a manager with him or he needs some practice on his promos because he just doesn't sound convincing, right? Like when he's out there talking about how he's going to be the best and how he's going to be the this, this great champion, yeah, I don't believe him. I feel like I can see him reading the paper. Like he needs to – it's it's something missing. And I'm sure he'll get it. Again, this is why he's on Ring of Honor. This is the purpose of Ring of Honor. I'm not going to try to judge Ring of Honor as harshly as, as, harshly as I may judge anything else because – is Ring of Honor. At this point, Ring of Honor is essentially developmental, right? That's probably blasphemy for anyone who, who just heard me say that and be like, oh, my God, huh, huh, what? Ring of Honor, developmental. Ring of Honor is the greatest pure wrestling. Look, it is what it is, man. It is what it is, right? Ring of Honor is essentially AW's farm system and developmental. Not bad. I mean, NXT has been WWE's farm system, Right. And NXT for years was way better than anything that the WWE could ever um, um, produce. And I was hidden behind some paywall on the network. So it's not a bad thing that it's the training system, but, I mean, that just is what it is. But he needs to get a little bit better. Uh, he has potential. He's a great wrestler. I mean, when I was watching the match, uh, what was that? That was, that, that was not the pay-per-view. That was the um, that final battle. When he won the championship at the final battle, it was great. I don't know issue with it. Um, I kind of wanted, again, Brian Keith to win. I don't know. Maybe he just impressed me uh, doing that, uh, uh, his uh, debut there. But uh, great wrestler. Just, you know, he needs to work on uh, that promo a little bit. Looks like our, yeah, the main event was Johnny TV versus Ethan Page. Ethan Page wins. It was a decent match. I mean, it's the main event. I I, I I guess this should be the main event for Full Ring of Honor. I guess, well, it does make sense because what they're doing here, they're trying to build up to the storyline between Johnny TV and Dalton Castle. Uh, apparently, when Dalton Castle lost and got eliminated uh, in the TV tournament, in the TV championship match back at Final Battle, uh, Dalton Castle just been disheveled, right? He hasn't slept. I guess he hasn't ate. Showering might be optional. I'm not sure. He he really just hasn't done anything. He comes out looking all despondent because you know Don Castle's supposed to be this, you know, this fabulous type of character, right? He's none of that when he goes out there. He just looks like he just I don't know got done smoking a couple of cigarettes or something. He's, he looks horrible, but that's the point. And so he comes out there and he costs uh, Johnny TV the match essentially by distracting him. And then we finally see a smile. So, looks like that's going to be the storyline that we're going to be. Maybe that that's probably going to be the main storyline, I guess, that we're that we're running with one on Ring of Honor, uh, Johnny TV, and uh, Don Castle, which is cool. I like Don Castle. He is interesting. He kind of reminds me of like a well, I mean, he's like an androgynous type of character, right? He he's 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 like your Gold Dust. He's like your Aging Street. You know, he's, he's that character. He's, well, I was going to say another name, but I'm, yeah, whatever. He's, he's that type of character, right, where 
you're not sure, <laughs> you know, you kind of take a step back, but then you're like, ah, oh, whatever. He just, he's, uh, he's fabulous. <laughs> That's uh, what it is, I guess. He's, 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 he's very entertaining, right? So that is, that is it. That is the show. Uh, we hit it on an hour on the head, I guess. That is the show. That is the Ring of Honor review. Again, these next couple weeks are going to be a little different. Honestly, if something else comes up, I'll put that on the show. But uh, again, I didn't want to, like I made the episode zero last week. And I said I'm going to have episodes today or I'm going to have episodes on Tuesdays and on Friday. And I didn't want to renege on that. So I feel no matter what I do, I'm going to make sure that it shows up. Because the only thing that matters here is consistency. And whoever's listening, whoever will be listening, I want you to always know that I'm going to be as consistent as possible. Hopefully, it's probably the only place I'll be consistent in my life. But hopefully, I'll be as consistent as possible here. So, you know, you have some something to escape to, you know, for, for an hour or two or however long it takes. Because that's the, that's the point of wrestling, right? To give you an escape, you know, you kind of just... Leave the real world and you, you you just get lost in the fantasy. You know it's 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 better than most drugs. You know because it's safer. Uh, so that's the end of the show. So feel free to follow me on all the things. You can follow me on Twitter. That is at Isaac Z Fox. Follow me on Instagram. Same thing at Isaac Z Fox. Uh, feel free to email me at Isaac Fox Wrestling at gmail.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Same name, Isaac Fox Wrestling. That's how you can get this podcast. Uh, If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, give me the five stars, share it, do whatever you want to do, leave a review, tell me I'm the greatest podcast in the world, uh, or tell me, you know, I don't know, I suck. But if you do say I suck, leave five stars. Just, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um... I'll see you Friday. If you will listen to this on pod, on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, like the video, same thing. Same thing on Spotify. I don't know what the thing is on Spotify. I think you can like it on just on Spotify. I don't think you can do five stars or whatever. But And you can get this podcast. It's only on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. So, with that being said, I will see you all Friday. And I hope you have a great day. See ya.